Welcome back to episode 73 of So Talk to Me. Hi. The one with all the extra sniffles and coughs and sneezes. Yeah, sorry. I'm probably going to be sniffing in the mic. Oh, Try I w- not to, but... I wasn't talking about you. Oh. I was talking about me. My allergies are bugging me. Yay. Um, yeah, sorry for all you listeners who, who like to listen when we drop the episodes. This one's coming a day late. It is completely my fault, or at least the fault of my body. <laughs> um, I came home from work yesterday, and I was sick. It just it hit me really hard. I could barely yeah. move. Well, well, that's not true. I was just super sore when I moved, and uh, was super tired, and, and it hurt to swallow water. So I figured it wasn't a good idea to try and talk <laughs> for you know an hour or whatever. Maybe not. Uh, and then stay up and edit after that. So instead, I just crashed, just fell asleep. Seriously, that is what you did. You just like slept. Yeah. But yeah. that's good. Your it's body like, needed it. A hot bath sounds like a good idea. I should take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I noticed that you have two cups of tea in front of you. I do. Yep. Why? <laughs> so that I could steep more water without oversteeping. So in one cup I've steeped a cup of tea, but then I've got the tea bag in another cup that I put more hot water in. And that one the tea bag will stay in. All right. Yeah. Okay. All righty. <laughs> That's my story. I'm sticking to it. So how you doing? <laughs> um I'm doing well. I'm I'm a little tired right now, but doing good. It's been a good day, mm-hmm. a restful it day. Has. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's good. It hasn't been a restful day for you? No, it, it has for me. I just, I, usually on my days off, you're out doing stuff and I'm watching the kids. So like the fact that I didn't hardly do much, like I'm still recuperating and trying to get school stuff done. Um. I'm just surprised that you said that it's restful. It's... Oh, yeah. I mean, we didn't do anything today. Yeah, that's so. true. Mm-hmm. We went out for dinner. Yeah, yeah. We didn't do anything during the day, but right. in the evening we went out to celebrate Bridgewater's birthday. Hey-oh, happy birthday. <laughs> I didn't even ask him how old he was. Guess it doesn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure, but it uh, doesn't really matter. It's his birthday and we celebrated. And the food was delicious. It was. Tried a new place. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. awesome. We went to this place called Hideaway, mm-hmm. which if you're in Austin, it's off I-35, close to the the 35 and um, 290 slash 71 intersection. Yeah. Um, where they overlap, so. Uh, over by was it a Marriott? It was in between two different hotels. Okay, I think there was a Marriott there, but there was another one as well. Yeah. Okay, but it was really good. Yeah, it's just like this little play. I wouldn't call it a hole in the wall because it's 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 a good size. I mean, it's not very big, but it's also like new and nice looking. Right. So it's not like a, right. Yeah, it's more modern. Yeah, decor. 
but it was very good. And they had a really great happy hour where all of their like small plates slash appetizers were half off mm-hmm. and their drinks were, were those half off too? Or were they? No, no. they were just a couple dollars off. A couple dollars. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoyed it a lot. Got to celebrate. Talk about Ted Bundy. <laughs> and cysts. So, are you going to so explain the fun. context of that at all, nah, or just <laughs> no? We don't have to <laughs> leave it at that. It's okay. I mean, I'm sure if you've been on Netflix recently, you notice that there's Ted Bundy plastered on there. I I didn't. I actually have not been on Netflix recently, but I've I've seen stuff on the internets about the the creators talking about how like calm down, like because people are saying Ted Bundy is a looker. Oh. Gross. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's hard for me to detach looks from who the person evil. is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From evil. Um, so, anyways. Plus, I'm straight. So, you know. So, men can't possibly be attractive because you're straight. Anyways. But that's not a road we need to go down right now. So... Well, yeah, so we decided to uh, start working out together this week, <laughs> and we did it once. Once. <laughs> One morning. Yeah. Was that, was that third? No. Was that Tuesday, Tuesday? morning? Yeah, I think it was Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday morning, yeah. Was it Tuesday? No, no, no. No, it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday, it was Wednesday it morning, was. yeah, that's right. Aha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So that was fun. Got up early before the sun came up. Did our workout? It was fun working out together, but then <laughs> haven't done it since. Then. Yeah, <laughs> the way that I work out is just different than those kinds of things. Like, I don't like to get sore in my workouts, and I know that that makes me sound like a wimp. But the way that I explain this is like I would rather do consistent workouts. So and and also I mean in in fairness I'm really just focused on like burning calories right now. And so like the elliptical is really helpful for me because I can be on the elliptical and just burn a ton of calories. And um and it doesn't it doesn't make me sore afterwards so I can go for a while like there were a couple times in the last couple weeks that I was on it for a total of like 2 hours throughout the day. And it doesn't make me sore. Um, so something like that is great for me because, because I don't, the reason I don't like getting sore is so that I can do the same thing the next day. Like I can continuously, I can work out every day. And so then the calories just kind of rack up against like, I don't know, conventional wisdom says, you know, when you work out, you should be blowing out your muscles and, you know, go until you can't go anymore and and work out really hard so that harming yourself well yeah but but still i mean i don't know workouts in the past that i've done always had me like super sore for the next couple days but then that prevents you from working out again for another few days so like it just makes more sense to me to do not so intense workouts consistently rather than inconsistent intense workouts well that's why you focus on a different part of the body each day 
So like if you do a leg day and your legs are super sore the next day, then you do an arm day. So you're not like focusing on the part of the body that's like really sore. Yeah. So that way you can consistently work out. Um, but you, you also, so we're doing a, like a free trial of Beachbody. And, but you also used weight, like the weights that you used were way too heavy. Yeah, apparently. You overdid it and that's why you're so sore. Yeah. Um, well, then come to find out the reason, like I just gradually got even more sore. Like the next, the next day I was pretty sore. And then the day after that, so that would have been Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah. So Wednesday I was pretty sore. Thursday I was more sore. Then as the day went on, like it was hard for me to walk around. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then in the evening I got sick. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay. So my body's fighting off sickness. No wonder it can't repair my muscles. <laughs> like no wonder I feel like a freaking 60 year old walking around with a limp. And I made the uh, I made the, the the bad call to to tell uh, one of the guys at work the reason that I was walking so weird, and so like throughout the day he would just like come up and smack me on the leg, <laughs> which really hurt when you have sore legs. Um, just being a punk, but I mean it was funny, but it also really hurt. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that happened. And I still walk around like a 60-year-old because my body's still fixing my muscles and trying to fix the sickness. So that's fun. But here we are we tonight. That. You're feeling better. Yeah. A lot better. Not 100%, but you're feeling a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely way better than I was last night. So we'll see how long we can, we can keep this going, this episode, just because I'm not sure if you can hear it, but my voice is, is kind of teetering on the brink might yeah. go out yeah we'll keep we'll this small talk to we'll keep it limited so that we can get through our main topic yeah um, but there's one more thing that we oh. did this week oh dun 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 we sat down and we uh, hammered out a budget oh yeah we did do that we sat down it, it took us like two hours something like that like yeah. it was way longer than i expected but it was really good it was good Hashtag recommendation, y'all, is um, talk to your spouse <laughs> about a budget, about Yay. your money. And um, now we're using the, um, what's the app called? Oh, Honey, yeah, that's Honeyfy? true. Yes, yes. I'll throw that in the, in the uh, description or whatever. The records, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just this app that, it, it's, so we've traditionally used a website called Mint, mm -hmm. and that, that will just kind of sync all of our, you know, bank accounts and credit accounts and things like that. And transactions and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 401ks and all that fun stuff, investments. And um, basically you can go there and, and see everything all in one place. Yeah, and like you said, the transactions as well. So you can see your money coming in, your money going out, and it'll do alerts and things like that. You can set goals and all that fun stuff. So that's what we've always used. And this app, HoneyFi, is very similar in, in that it does the same thing. You sync all your accounts to it and you can see all your transactions. Um, but this one actually allows you to link your account with someone else. Um, so it's it's funny. You go to their website. It's made for partners or for couples or something like that. Like they intentionally don't say <laughs> like spouses. 
which I find kind of funny. Um, so, so it, it, like there are some things that it does, like basically unless you link everything together, it, it won't automatically link everything. If that makes sense. Like to me, a lot of our purchases are just that they are our purchases. Like Mm -hmm. I rarely ever think of something as my purchase unless it's something that I enjoy and you don't, you know, like video games or something, or unless I go out to lunch at work, you know, maybe that, that would be my purchase. But like 90% of our purchases, 95% of our purchases are our purchases. Right. So, you know, there there are things like that where it's like, I wish this would always default to, to both of us. Anyways, regardless, um, it's made for couples. And so you link both of your accounts together. And so you'll both see like all the transactions that are done in your accounts. You can all, or you can both see, you know, where your standing is. You can create a budget within the app, which is what we did. Now we, we, yeah. when again, you, when you say accounts, you mean like accounts within the app, like we don't have separate bank accounts. Right. Yeah. 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 That's true. Just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> yeah. No. I, yeah. Just so that you can, you can see all of them there, but, but yeah, it's, it's linked. So it's not like we're hiding anything. <laughs> um, that'll be next week's episode when you're hiding money from your spouse. Oh, gosh. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> that would be kind of weird. So, uh, oh, so when we sat down and we did the budget, like we, we wrote out our budget somewhere else. You know, I I did it in a note taking app or something like that so that we had our budget. And then I took that information and put it into HoneyFi. And then when you updated it on your side, you saw that it updated. So like mm-hmm. we have the same budget. And then whenever a transaction comes through, whenever we buy something like tonight's meal. Right. Then it notifies you. Right. And within the app, yeah. either one of us can like tell it where it needs to go within our budget categories mm-hmm. and things like that, which is pretty cool. And then of course you can, you can, um, you know, designate the money. You can say, Oh, this was me. You know, I made this purchase. So, you know, if you make an eBay purchase and it shows up as some weird name on, on your account or something like that, like you can just say, you can mark it as your, you made this payment that way your spouse will see like, oh, okay, this wasn't, you know, a fraudulent payment. Like right. this, this is actually something. And then you can put in comments and stuff like that, um, which is helpful as well, you know, just to explain to your spouse what what that money is for. So in case you forget. So it's just a helpful way to um, budget together. Because mm-hmm. traditionally I've just kind of always done our finances, mm-hmm. our money stuff. Um, which which has been fun. I mean, it hasn't been like I don't mind it. Maybe I'm just controlling. I don't know. I like <laughs> doing it. Um, but it's also it, it's also very beneficial when we're both on the same page. Yeah, especially. I mean, it's the start of today's the first day of February. Like we spent a lot of money in December and January for mm-hmm. various you know Christmas in December and then um, tuition and we had uh, repair on my mode of transportation on my <laughs> scooter um so so just kind of like redoing our budget and and getting on the same page with our finances i thought was really good yes and um what surprised me and maybe this is i don't know maybe this is just weird maybe i'm just weird but i felt really good that we did it together 
that that we're on the same page and that we're both like totally in agreement about where our money goes like i was surprised at how good that felt to just be like oh yeah i mean just like being super honest with each other and i don't know being on the same page was really cool no i mean it, it might sound cliche but i did feel like closer to you after doing that yeah yeah it's a it's something I didn't expect, like just taking a look at our money, you mm-hmm. know, and and it and it and it has not felt like we are out of sync on right. money, you know. It's just like I, I don't know, just the, just the fact that we had that conversation and that we did that together. I don't I don't know why. Maybe one of y'all listeners can <laughs> identify what it is. Maybe you know all the psychologists out there who listen to us. <laughs> Actually, I don't know why you'd be listening to us. You're probably like. This is all basic elementary stuff. You don't know what you're talking about. But anyways, so uh, budget together, honey fi. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get into our main topic. And just a little word of warning. Um, if you listen to this around children, uh, you might want to throw on some earbuds or wait until you're not around your children because um, what we're going to be talking about is um, basically how pornography affected our marriage. So it's going to be a bit explicit. Um, just a little warning. All right. So jumping right into our topic. There we go. Bit heavy. Bit serious. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little nervous just because, you know, I'm not feeling 100%. and. Even though it's, I've had an extra day to think about everything, I haven't at all because <laughs> I've been sick, and so my brain is not working 100%. So please give me grace as we talk about this, because I might just, bleh. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Let's just see what happens. Here we go. All so, right. What do you want to talk about? Well, I, I, we'll just start from the beginning. So... Mm-hmm. uh. You had struggled with um, watching pornography since, I don't know, since you were like, I don't know, 12, 13, something like that. 12 was the first time I saw it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess looking back, it's kind of typical, right? Isn't isn't the statistic nowadays that, isn't it like 10 years old, Uh, the average male sees? Something like that. Around there, 10 to 12, something like that, yeah. Um, and I mean, I guess we don't necessarily have to get into that unless that's what you want to talk about. No. But, um, it, yeah. So, so our marriage or excuse me, the, the, I guess this aspect of our marriage seems very typical with, you know, what statistics show in general is that, um, pornography has always been my issue. Like I'm like, you have never struggled with it. <laughs> it's it's only been me. So I I understand that there are cases in which um, that's different. I understand that there are also um, men who don't struggle with sexual sin, which is awesome. That has and there not... are women with who struggle with pornography. As right. Well. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying. I understand that those things happen. We're going to be talking about our marriage and our marriage follows kind of just the the typical normal kind of thing that you see is that sexual sin has been an issue for me in my life in general and i brought it into our marriage not 
the other way around. I mean, I think we definitely both brought sexual sin into our marriage, and I mean, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, but so you first admitted to me that you even had an issue with porn when you proposed to me. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we've talked about it in the past a little bit, but um, a sexual sin was, was something that for me, even like I said, at 12 years old is when it started. And I mean, it was infrequent. I don't want to make it sound like, oh, this was a constant thing all through my teenage years. No, I mean, it wasn't very often, but at the same time it was there. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I had struggled with for a long time. And that was really kind of the, um, the, the thing about myself that I hated the most, mm. I'll put it that way. This is the thing that in my life, in my teenage years, that fueled my depression was the fact that I knew that it was wrong, but that I would continually go back to it. Um, so uh, all that to say is that when we got serious and we talked about marriage together, um, I wanted to be honest with you and let you know, because this was such a big part of my story in my mind, in my teenage, you know, 19-year-old mind, this is such a big part of my story in terms of like, this is what I hate most about myself and you ought to know what you're getting into. Does that make sense? Not, not, that I, not that I expected to struggle with it my entire life, but at the same time, like I just wanted, I did. Well, yeah, you wanted to be honest. Right, right. And just say, you know, this, like you need to know this about me. Like this is the, in my mind, this is the worst part about me. And I want you to know about it if you're going to mm-hmm. pledge the rest of your life to me. Right. And and when you admitted that to me, you also asked for my forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and in hindsight, not that I regret forgiving you, um, but I don't think at that point I really realized how much of a how does how do I word this? How severe of a sin it really was. Uh-huh. Um, and really, how much of an effect it was going to have? Yeah, I that did not occur to me at right. all. Um, yeah, and that goes both ways. I didn't either. <laughs> right. And I was, I was just like, I think I was just on this also uh, along with that, just on this like emotional high of like, you just proposed to me. And so I was just like automatically, yes, I forgive you. Like, I love you. Was it, I know it you're was not when, perfect. So it was when I proposed that I mm-hmm. told you about it. Okay. Okay. Huh. That's kind of underhanded. <laughs> I don't think you meant it that way. Okay. I think you were just trying to be honest. It wasn't, I don't think at all, I didn't get the impression at all that you were like, oh, let me propose to her. That way she's all happy when I say this. So it's not that big of a deal. No, I I didn't get that at all. I thought that you were just trying to be honest. Yeah. Um, And it just happened to work out that way. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Uh, I guess, I guess we could talk to someone who, who would have, 
more knowledge on this issue, but I guess I had never really thought about it. Like, when should you share that? Like, when you're really... Because I, th- I thought for some reason I had shared that with you before I had proposed, but when we were talking about marriage. But no, it was immediately afterward. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could... I, I don't know. Anyways, don't want to chase that rabbit. <laughs> this is what happened for us. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I just... I just forgave you right off the bat. And yeah, just didn't understand the severity, didn't, um, couldn't possibly see what was going to happen later on down the road. I also think I just sort of like put it in the back of my head. Like it's not something that I thought about. Yeah. After you told me, like after we had that one conversation, it's, it didn't really come up ever. Yeah. Um, and we just never talked about it. And so, yeah, I just, (laughs) I never thought that you were really struggling with it just because we never Mm -hmm. really talked about it after that. Um, until I remember at one point again, while we were engaged, you told me that you had looked at pornography again and you admitted it to me. And I was really surprised at how much that hurt me Mm -hmm. when you admitted that. And what went off in my brain, which is so dumb, um, was that this is just how I'm wired. Like, I feel like I need to fix things. Mm -hmm. I have to come up with solution and I have to fix it. So like, I put it on myself to try and fix your problem. Mm -hmm. You didn't say anything to make me feel like I had to do that. It was, that's just how I'm wired. Yeah. Um, and you can fix him. You can make him better. (laughs) Basically. I'm just kidding. Well, basically that's, that's what was going on in my head, which is so dumb. Um, and I thought, well, if I, if I give him my body, then he won't struggle with that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it was a lesser sin or something to mm-hmm. have premarital sex than you watching porn. It doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. Um, but that was my thought process. Um, and so then that sort of gave me in my head justification to be promiscuous with you Mm -hmm. um which in turn caused a lot of other problems (laughs) yeah yeah no definitely i mean um so one of the one of the uh, sorry (laughs) here i am tripping over my words already um (laughs) have you been listening to me (laughs) oh no you're fine um so ground rules, right? Porn is bad, y'all. Okay. Um there and there's and there's it's complex as well. The what it does to a person, mm-hmm. okay? Um for the sake of this conversation, I'm not going to go into everything, but one of the ways in which and and this is played out in I think in multiple arenas, I think even in our culture in general. Um so one of the issues of marriage in general, one of the biggest things when you first get married is having to deal with expectations, right? right? Of, of what you, 
just kind of assume that your spouse is going to be like um, in a number of different areas. Well, one of the things that porn does is it gives you an unrealistic expectation of what of sex. sexual activity yeah. looks like and what sexual desire looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if it's not, even if it's not, oh, I expect that everything is going to be exactly the same as what I saw on the computer. Um, there's still a sense of like, oh, she should desire me that way. You know, she should, like, there's just this natural expectation. And so from my point of view, it was like, okay, now we're, um, now we're engaged and now, uh, and, and we've talked about it before, kind of how I was, and this is stupid of me, um, how I had, was, was kind of struggling with like, okay, are we married before God? Like, what does it mean to be married? The Bible doesn't have, you know, specific X, Y, Z, and now you're married. It just said, you know, that they Trying were husband and wife. Trying to justify our sin any way we could. Right. I mean, I think to a certain extent, I was, I was genuinely like struggling with those things, but I did it in the wrong way. I did it in the way that just assumed, oh yeah, then sex is okay. <laughs> or, or as close as possible to get to sex, you know, any, any kind of, um, any kind of sexual contact is okay because, you know, because God doesn't Because define. we're already committed to each exactly. other. And yeah, exactly. Going to spend the rest of our lives together anyways. And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, if I can just go on a, uh, off on a tangent, just really quick, if I could, if I could, well, if I could slap my younger self, that would be, that would be great. But, um, <laughs> I mean, really what it comes down to is like, if you honestly believe that you are married before God, then does everyone like do do you act that way in front of your your parents and your friends and like all of yeah like everyone who's around in your church and things like that like do they all recognize that you're married as well mm-hmm. um or is that just between you two because then that's not married then you're not married like if you're not willing to to recognize have that publicly recognized then you're not married mm-hmm. um i still agree like the bible does not put out specific steps on what a marriage ceremony needs to be. No, I think two people can be married without the, you know, pomp and circumstance that we give it nowadays. But I think like if you're going to marry someone, man up and freaking be married to them. Mm-hmm. Don't just be married when you take your clothes off. Sorry, I I've got a lot of other choice words <laughs> for my younger self that I'm not going to share. Um, so that said, coming coming back to it. So from my perspective, um, you know, then we're engaged and then we're having these conversations. Oh, are we really married? So, so this stuff is okay, right? You know, being promiscuous with each other is okay, right? And so from your side, you hadn't shared what you were thinking, mm-hmm. um, but you were thinking, oh, this is going to help him. Mm-hmm. And from my side, I was like, oh, yeah, she wants this. Like, she is, she is pursuing this as well. Like, this is awesome. Our marriage is going to be awesome. Like this is how it should be, right? This is always how it should be. Like it was just kind of fueling that expectation of this is what sexual activity is with my wife. You know? Um which again, I think was in part fueled by what I had seen by the pornography that I mm-hmm. had seen. Um so <laughs> then we get married. <gasps> And it's not the case. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Then we got married and it was when we would 
have sex before we were married, it was sort of like a tiptoeing around the full thing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't really know how to explain that without giving way too much information. So yeah. um, when we like actually, you know, on our wedding night, had a full inter- consummated the yes, marriage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh it was not at all what either one of us expected. Mm-hmm. And also just all of the shame and guilt that I felt from being from you know, frankly fornicating before we were married. Mm-hmm. Um just totally like fell on me like a ton of bricks. Mm. And I just, it I mean, it was also physically painful, which later on down the road realized was an actual medical condition that I had. But um, it, I just, with all the shame and everything, I just did not desire sex yeah i didn't desire it and we lacked a lot of intimacy in our marriage Mm -hmm. for a long time yeah yeah and it um it was hard to to cope with that again from my perspective because i didn't know what was going on you know it took me a, a a while before I kind of accepted like, oh, okay, this is just what it's going to be. Like, you know, we'll just be infrequent. That's kind of, you know, she, she's not enjoying it like she used to. I don't know what happened, but it's, it's not enjoyable. Um, and so now, um, I, I, I don't want to make this sound. It is very different than, than you know like tv marriages or whatever we were committed to each other okay this right. is sex is one aspect of marriage mm-hmm. so i was committed to you it just hurt knowing that like oh this is the way that it's going to be i i just accepted within my own you know i i had to like come to terms with the fact like like i've i've Again, sex is just one part of marriage. It's, right. it's not the whole thing. I wouldn't leave over something like that. But I had to just kind of suck it up and be like, okay, if this isn't, mm-hmm. you know, enjoyable, well, then this is going to be infrequent for the right. rest of our marriage. And this is just how it is. Um, now, th- you guys listening out there might might be thinking like, well, why didn't you, you know, like go see someone about this? <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Why didn't always... we go see someone about it way before we were even married? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's something that's actually the next thing I was going to bring up that we just like oh, okay. kept awesome. it completely inward yes. and didn't talk to anyone about. Right. Yeah. yeah. When Anything. We, when we first got married, we kind of became hermits. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm like, talking about even before we were married, like when you told me you were having issues with porn like oh yeah Mm -hmm. i didn't reach out to anyone you didn't reach out to anyone right we we were just trying to deal with it on our own Mm -hmm. 
I, I've had, I mean, like I said, it's been an issue for a long time. Um, and so I've had off and on, uh, whatchamacallit? Accountability. Okay, yes, yes, exactly. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. Off and on accountability um, that always just kind of tends to fade away. And I totally understand, like, that's my fault. I'm not, you know, I just haven't kept up with it. Um, so, uh, so not to say that I've, I've never sought help for I, I mean like I said this this was a big part of like the way that I viewed myself especially as a teenager like it was it was something that going through our youth group that us guys talked about a lot and so like um I mean I think the reason that I hated myself over it so much is because I knew how bad it was um uh, just just the act itself again it was fairly infrequent it wasn't I've I, I, anyways Sorry, I don't want to make it sound like I'm justifying myself, so please don't take it like that. I just also don't want to make it sound... I, I've heard stories of people who are... Um, um, that it is very frequent that kind of like have shocked me before, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So I I don't even know why I'm giving disclaimers. Just, <laughs> just that I don't want to... Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, anyways, I don't know. Oh, we were talking about accountability. So Mm -hmm. talking to people about it, it had been a while since I, so basically since I had been out of the youth group at our church. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, at that point it would have been a year or two since I had had, um, well, I I might've had off and on accountability at that point as well. I don't remember, honestly. Um, but since we were together, you're, yes, you're right. We hadn't gone to talk to anyone about it. We, um, the way that I'm wired is I am an independent person <laughs> and I'm going to try and get things done. Um, the, my first thought is not, hey, I need to go talk to someone about this. It is, what can I do to, you know, to get this done? Mm-hmm. Um, which has, you know, has its pros, but it also has its cons in that we can ball up and become hermits. And that's kind of what happened. So Yeah. Yeah. Especially after we got married. Yeah. So where where were you going with that? Oh, I was just going with <laughs> how we were dumb for not reaching out to anyone. And yeah. if you're in that position right now, you need to reach out to someone. Yes. You need to get some accountability. And if you're on the other side where um, your spouse is the one struggling with this sin, then you also need to get counsel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was one thing I was thinking about when you said you wanted to talk about just pornography in general. There are two different truths that I think, um, again, from my perspective as someone who has struggled with it in the past, there are two truths, there are two things that are both true at the same time. Um, one is the severity of this sin. It is, especially for married people, but even if you're not married, it is something that is going to affect you when you do get married if you do get married um it's something you're going to have to bring into your marriage and that is going to cause heartache mm-hmm. okay but it, so the severity of this issue of pornography in general it is supremely selfish it is um a form of infidelity in that you are being unfaithful 
it's not the same as adultery, but we'll get into that later. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. You want to get there? Okay. So, um, so this sin ought to break your heart. You ought to be crushed by the fact that this is, that this is even something that you've done. Um, the fact that it is, uh, turning away from it is so clearly the scriptures say time and time again they talk about how um sexual sin sexual immorality um is sinful against a holy god Mm -hmm. it's sinful in so many love it's sinful against yourself it's sinful against your own body it's sinful against the person that you're viewing um because you're not viewing them as god's creation as as a fellow image bearer of god you're taking advantage of them they often don't even know what they're doing. It is a predatory industry, um, and you're you are aiding and abetting it. Um, it and it's and it's infidelity towards your God. Um, mm-hmm. So the severity of this sin, I think it's hard to overstate um, the sinfulness of pornography. On the other hand, the other thing that is true is that. Um, pornography is common in our culture. It is something right. that most most males, probably most people, um, struggle with. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I, and it's not it's not unforgivable. Okay, I'm not saying obviously as someone who who has found victory, um, it's it's not like you can't get over this and i you know i would say that victory is found in christ um so i i don't want to heap too much shame on you over something like this but i think you do need to soberly view this sin as something that needs to die Mm -hmm. as something that you need to actively fight and continue to fight and as someone who um who struggles with just who who's um I'm trying to think how to word this properly, I'm probably gonna mess it up regardless of how I try and describe this. But as someone who has had issues with sexual um sexual temptation, uh it's it's something that you're going to have to like when you know something about yourself, like you have to actively um, change in order to fight it mm-hmm. and it's going to have effects for the rest of your life i i know like there are certain things that i just can't do um you know one of the first episodes we did we did was about game of thrones right and, mm-hmm. and i know i have to be particularly sensitive over issues of nudity um because there's temptation in that even if it's not from that one instance well, also just viewing someone else's nudity is sin. Right, right. And I understand that. But what I'm saying is that even a step further, I know in my own heart right. that that can cause other, that can start a chain reaction mm-hmm. of temptation. And and so I'm, I'm saying I have to be particularly aware of those things. I There's something in me that I have to always be ready to do battle against the sin that... Um, that Hebrew says so easily entangles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say that simply to say, yes, this you need to you need to soberly assess and understand how sinful the sin is. Um, you can have victory 
um, and and understand that you're not alone in this fight. Um, but you do need to understand how yeah how sinful this is, mm-hmm. and that this do- this needs to die. Um. So, if there's someone listening right now who is uh, struggling with viewing pornography. What is something that you would suggest to them doing so that they can kill this sin? Um, hmm. Well, uh, like, uh, like I just said, I, th- I think kind of the key to, to fighting the sin is to realize how sinful it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Most definitely. And so I think obviously you need, uh, in order to, to, to see that, you need to go to the scriptures and see, um, I mean, Proverbs chapter five has been great for me to read that. It talks about the, um, it is a warning of a father to his son of a warning against um, the, I'm trying to think of the right word, but a warning against the, the woman who would come and tempt you. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole chapter is is like that and obviously the woman in the chapter is um is a metaphor you know like it could be it could be any number of sins but mm-hmm. i think particularly in the case of of sexual immorality um you see i i love the way that it's posed as well because it's a father kind of telling his son teaching his son mm-hmm. um you know run from the she'll suck the, the you know the the she'll be like decay in your bones, you know, like it'll suck the life out of you. Um, it, it uses some really great metaphors there. So, so scripture, you need scripture in order to see the sinfulness of it. Um, you had mentioned that you need to, you need to talk to someone about it. Yes. Um, I do think that, that some form of accountability is, um, is the best way to go about fighting the sin is to um be open with someone um you know god has created us for community and i know that it's difficult to talk about this especially you know like i said in my case this was something that i uh, hated about myself Mm -hmm. um and so it was you know it was difficult for me to talk it's going to be difficult it's going to be difficult to talk about um but if you hate your sin the way that god hates sin um, I think it'll drive you to do whatever it takes to find victory, to kill the sin. Um, so you ought to go to someone, whether, you know, peers are, are, I think peers are good for accountability, but I do think you need someone who is farther along in the faith. I was mm-hmm. going to say wiser, but wiser, older, farther along, an elder. Um, something like that to be able to address this with you because i think they will have more perspective mm-hmm. um on the issue in general and and walk through this with someone else um and it's going to be hard it's going to be hard so that's that's why i say first you need to realize the sinfulness of it because that's what's going to drive you when it's difficult to to stay accountable yeah that's what's going to drive you when you're ashamed to uh, to 
what's it called? Um, <laughs> sorry, but just to be able to um, spill your guts out when you don't want to is knowing that this hurts, but it's for the best mm-hmm. um, to stay accountable and to, to be yeah. honest that, um, that you're struggling in general. And it is such a common struggle for so many people that I really don't think that you're going to shock anyone right? by telling them that you struggle with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, again, that's, that's kind of why I, I wanted to say like these two things are both true. And I think we both, we, you have to understand both of them because if you go to someone to talk to them about it and they're just kind of like, oh yeah, it's not that big of a deal or okay, cool. You know, if they're casual about it, I, I don't know. Go to someone else. (laughs) Right, right. Now, certainly, I think someone, especially like an elder in the church or something like that, um, is going to show grace and understanding. Right. But grace, there's a difference between grace and cheap grace, right? Um, Sin is something that nailed Jesus to the cross. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand that that your, your forgiveness was bought and a heavy price um ultimate price yeah and if you can understand that i mean that's that's going to drive you to to kill the sin um but if if you're flippant about it then you're never going to get out of it Mm -hmm. just be honest so um there are lots of other resources as well um one of the books that I read actually within the past few years that I thought was really good on the, on the subject, it has some, you know, well, like everything I talk about on this podcast, right? I wouldn't agree 100% with everything. Um, but there's a book called Finally Free by Heath Lambert, I think is his name, um, that I thought was a really good resource. Um, I, I think Kevin DeYoung wrote a short book on it as well i could be wrong um it could have been chally's yeah i'll have to go back and look at that (laughs) regardless um so there are a number of good books to read as well that i would recommend um but finally finally free is probably a good place to start um because it's got some kind of concrete steps to take and and i think i think he does a really good job as well of being honest about the issue, doing these two things that I'm talking about, of of understanding the severity of the issue while at the same time acknowledging um, that this is this is a common sin mm-hmm. um, that needs that absolutely needs to be dealt with. Yeah, I know. There's also a program that you can use. I guess it's on, you can put it on any device, but called Covenant Eyes. I've heard about that one. Yeah, there are a number of programs you can use. Um, how do I put this? Okay, so my view on on these types of things that would, um, I think I think the best type of programs that you can have on whatever devices you have, because I'm assuming that you're primarily struggling with pornography through the internet mm-hmm. because it's so prevalent on the internet. It's easy. It's free. Um, the, the best types of programs are ones that will help to keep you accountable in that it will let 
your accountability partners know what you viewed, you know, that, that they, they get, you know, pinged whenever a suspicious website was accessed or mm -hmm. something like that. I think that's the best type of, um, best type of sort of internet protection that you can use. Um, I, the way that I see internet, um, like blockers and things that you put on. Um, I, I, I mean, I think, I think it's good to use in, in the case of like, if you have children, stuff like that, just to, just to limit access to the internet. I see those tools as something that are useful when, um, when you're actively struggling, if that makes sense. If you are, um, if you're very addicted to pornography, um, I think there is a time in which you need to, you know, get rid of your internet devices. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a time in which you need to limit, severely limit your access to the internet, limit your access to, to whatever it is that's supplying you pornography. Okay. Yeah. I think those are tools that can help, but I Cut think. Cut off the hand. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's better to, <laughs> better to go to heaven with no hands than to hell with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so those are useful tools, but I think, I think victory is when you no longer need to have those in place in order to fight off temptation. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I know not everyone would agree with me on this. Um, but the way that I see it is if, if you don't have any way to access it, then you're not really killing the sin. Like you're not killing the you're not equipping yourself to fight the temptation inside your own heart you're simply preventing the ability even if you really want it mm -hmm. does that make sense what i want what you're i you're not quenching the like you're not squashing the desire right right you're still allowing your heart to to follow the temptation you just can't consummate what mm -hmm. that temptation wants what victory looks like to me in, in christ is actually killing that sin to where you can fight the temptation does that make sense mm -hmm. so um i understand that's that's not not everyone would recommend that um but that's my view on it is that these are useful tools don't hear me say that that um that it's that you shouldn't do any of them no if you're actively struggling this is these are tools to help get you off you know it's called an addiction right mm -hmm. and whatever you know however you want to um say whether that's true or not to whatever degree you see that as being true or not um you know whatever but but you would not recommend that uh, a heroin addict just go cold turkey you know right. like that's gonna that's gonna cause more harm than unless good. you're in a hospital Right, right. Well, even then they would provide some sort of... Right. Um, so and, anyways, and I'm not... Yes, you should go cold tur turkey from porn, but I'm saying that... Words are using, hard. Yeah, using the analogy of a heroin addict, um, yes, take away his phone so that he can't, he can't contact his, his dealer, dealer yeah, anymore, yeah. but eventually he's going to get to the place where he has access to his dealer, and you don't want him falling right back into that. You need to teach him how to hate the heroin so much that he's not going to contact his dealer mm -hmm. rather than live his life without any type of cell phone. Right. Now, if he's so damaged that 
for the rest of his life, he needs to no longer have a cell phone. Okay. Okay. That, that may very well be the case for some people. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I think what we as Christians ought to be striving for is to kill the sin, not just prevent access to sin, to every type of sin. That's not going to make us holy. Mm -hmm. So anyways. Yeah. Uh, I know there are also, there are some uh, good groups uh, to look into, uh, Facebook groups. Um, I know there's one, uh, they're they're like support groups. Um, There's one called God Over Porn. there's another one. They're they're all related. God over porn women, and then God over porn wives. Just for support, if you want to, um, okay. yeah, reach out to people in those groups. Um, but also, uh, I wanted to because there was a question that was posed: um, whether pornography is adultery and i wanted to get into that um because we do see in matthew jesus say and it's uh matthew chapter 5 mm-hmm. verse 28 um but i say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart mm-hmm. so is pornography adultery um in in that sense that he's lusting after someone or it's causing lust in his heart. Yes. Or her heart, you know. Um yes, it is adultery. Um does that mean that it is the same as a physical adulterous relationship mm-hmm. outside of his marriage? No, I don't think it is the same. Um, and the reason being, because if, if we look at that chapter, um, that whole chapter in Matthew, you know, Jesus is, he's being posed these questions and he's, he's basically explaining the deeper meaning of these specific commandments. Um, you know, thou shall not murder, thou shall not commit adultery, Mm -hmm. um, and when he when he talks about the um when he talks about murder he says uh, in verse 22 but i say if you are even angry with someone you are subject to judgment if you call someone an idiot and this sorry this is the nlt if you call someone an idiot you are in danger of being brought before the court and if you curse someone you are in danger of the fires of hell Mm-hmm. So, should we take this sin so seriously because it is damnable? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. All sin is. We should take all sin so seriously because it all leads to hell. Yeah. But does that mean that someone who hates their brother should be charged with murder? No, that's not what Jesus is saying. Right. He's saying that's what it is in your heart. Mm-hmm. He's not saying that you should be charged with it. And 
a man or a woman who's lusting after someone else other than their spouse, should they be charged with adultery against their spouse? Like, especially in this time, should they be stoned to death Mm -hmm. because they committed adultery against their spouse? No, it's not the same. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let me put it this way too, is that before God is the sin, the root place where that sin comes from is the same, right? Right. It is, it is sinful to, to look upon a woman with lust, just as it is sinful to commit adultery. It is sinful to, um, to curse your brother, just as it is sinful to murder. It's from the same place. It comes from the same sinful heart. And it does, like you said, it does condemn you before God. Now, are the consequences for those acts the same? They are not. Right. We do not treat angry people the same way that we treat murderers. Right. Right. We ought not to. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and so, therefore, like you said, we do not treat um, pornography exactly the same as adultery. However, it does come from the same place. Right. Um, so I guess, I guess, like I, like I said earlier, like you need to understand the severity of this. Um, one can lead to the other. Most definitely. Right. Being angry with your brother can lead to murder, Mm -hmm. can lead to, to even, you know, just physical altercation and eventually murder. Um, lusting after a woman can lead to physical adultery yeah yeah yeah. um and and therefore you need to so so definitely i think jesus is warning against these things i mean i think that's the whole point (laughs) is saying that these things condemn you um and bringing the law to bear upon your heart Mm -hmm. for sure um but i agree the consequences are not necessarily the same right um, and we've mentioned before, you know, our views on on the permanence view of marriage, um, and this is this is one of those issues where I think it's kind of a slippery slope in that context of like, well, if he's looking at porn, then he's committed adultery, and and you can divorce does that him. Give me grounds for divorce, right? Right. Um, I think right. that's the yeah. wrong question to be asking. Um, but. You do need to, if you're struggling with this, understand the severity of and what, what you're it doing. can lead to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, before God, how how severe this is and how much it damages your relationship, and that's something that that we didn't get into too, because we were kind of like in our conversation, we've kind of just been um, talking about how it's affected um, our sexual relationship in our marriage, um, but it does create a wedge. It's funny uh, to contrast it even with how we talked about earlier in the, in this episode about the budget and how we felt closer to each other just when we were honest about the budget. Mm-hmm. Like in this area, it's it, if you're if you're struggling with sexual temptation of any kind, um, and you're not being honest with your spouse, it's creating a wedge in there, and and you're gonna it's gonna cause you to drift apart because you can't be honest with them about mm-hmm. this thing. Um, and it's going to dull your senses as well to, um, to keeping secrets and, and things like that. So, um, 
then that's why I said that's right. why I said earlier it's complex. Like there's a lot yeah. of bad things about right. um sexual um sins but or pornography in general. It causes a lot of different issues. Um so anyways, back to the point at hand. Uh I agree. It's not adultery, but um you need to realize that it is that it is it's adultery in your heart. It's yeah. not physical adultery. Yeah. There is a difference. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. Yes. I'll just continue to repeat myself if I keep talking, <laughs> so I need to stop. Uh I guess I will Well, I did I do want to touch on um how how that forgiveness forgiving you. Mm-hmm. Um because it, I mean, it's not like you just brought it up that one time. Like there were other times after that where you admitted to me that you had sinned mm-hmm. in that way, um, even after we got married. Mm-hmm. And just how much that hurt me, how much I did feel betrayed. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, it. It made me feel like I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me, <laughs> yeah. I mean it. It, it's a betrayal of trust. Yeah. And it made me not like myself mm-hmm. because I didn't feel good enough. But it, it didn't make me hate you Mm -hmm. and it wasn't necessarily hard to forgive you because Mm -hmm. I did see that you were repentant Mm -hmm. like it wasn't you weren't just like oh yeah babe I uh so I watched porn today you know it was like you sat me down and you were like you were legit heartbroken over the sin that you had committed Mm -hmm. and you were repentant. And so even though I was heartbroken, it wasn't necessarily hard for me to forgive you because you were repentant. Mm-hmm. Um and I know I know that it can be very hard uh I'm talking to just right now I'm talking to the spouse who um is who might be struggling with forgiving their spouse for watching pornography. Mm -hmm. Um, If your spouse is repentant over their sin, you have to forgive them. You can't be harboring bitterness and resentment. Those are also sins. (laughs) And unforgiveness is also a sin. Um, So just as much as your spouse is sinning against you with watching pornography, you're sinning against them by being bitter and resentful and unforgiving. Um, And I'm not saying that those things are easy to uh, stop. Mm -hmm. But we are commanded, commanded to forgive. And 
If you think that you have forgiven your spouse, but you still find yourself being bitter and resenting them, Mm -hmm. then you haven't actually forgiven them. Because if you have, you wouldn't be harboring bitterness and resentment. So um, all this basically to sort of sum up and say, yes, this sin is, it is a grievous, grievous sin. Yeah. Watching pornography, um, your spouse betraying you in that way. And yes, they should be called to repentance. They should be rebuked and called to repentance. But also remember, and this goes back to our previous episode, talking about grace. Um, you also have sin. You know, you're mm-hmm. not perfect. And Christ died for the sin of your spouse as well as your own. And so you need to have grace and forgive them. This is not me downplaying at all the severity of the sin mm-hmm. um, of watching pornography. If that is happening, then like we've said in this episode, you need to reach out to someone. Yeah. Um, uh, I would definitely recommend, like, like you had said, reaching out to an elder or a pastor specifically uh, so that you're... Uh, obviously not your whole church, but uh, someone in leadership over you knows what's going on and can pray for you and meet your needs in that way. Yeah. Um, That's incredibly important. Uh, But yeah, before I start rambling and just repeating myself over and over and over again, I'll stop there. No, I I think that's good. And I think... uh... I think we make a good team because I don't <laughs> think I could have said that just like simply with my, with my past, it would be difficult for me to then turn around and say that you need to forgive. If that makes sense because I've been the offender in this area. Um, so I'm glad that I'm glad that you have brought it up <laughs> is what I'm saying. Um, the only addendum that I'd put is is um and not to not to conflict with anything you said i agree 100% with what you said um is that like we talked about earlier um consequence is different than um than what's actually you know happening so anyways what i'm saying is forgiveness doesn't mean that there are no consequences right um you were very careful with your words and again why i agree 100% with what you said that if you're harboring bitterness or resentment th- those need to die mm-hmm. if you have truly forgiven. And, and, if, and if you're finding that that is difficult for you, you need to seek counsel for that. Right. Um, and go before God with that. Um, so, so bitterness and resentment are sinful. Um, however, there, there are other consequences that, um, that will naturally happen. like. Mm-hmm. Because your spouse has broken your trust, um, I'm not going to prescribe a specific thing that you need to do, but I do not think it's wrong that therefore, because they've broken your trust, you they need to gain it back. You know? Right. Um, if you request that they, you know, limit their internet access, something like that, 
I think that's reasonable. I think you can forgive your spouse while still requesting consequences like yeah oh yeah like saying hey we're gonna cancel internet for the next month Mm -hmm. if you you need to get on the internet go to starbucks Mm -hmm. you know a public internet access where you're not gonna have access to pornography um that i i just want to say like that is not unforgiveness it can lead to unforgiveness if you're if you're relying on those things to to provide you security Mm -hmm then that shows a lack of forgiveness, yeah. okay? Um, but I don't think that necessarily has to follow. I think there, there ought to be some kind. If you forgive your spouse and they, and, and like Samantha said, and they, they are repentant, but then they fall back into it and are not actively pursuing some form of accountability or they are not communicating to you ways in which they are fighting against their sin, um there there ought to be consequences. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm trying I don't want to prescribe something in particular, but I just want to say like like you have the right to to request a meeting with mm-hmm. pastors, you know, with counsel um that they get help for this issue. Mm-hmm. Um that's not unforgiveness. Um, it, it can right. be it can be both things so. right and i think personally it was really hard for me to understand how you could betray me in that way mm-hmm. until and until the shoe was on the other foot mm-hmm. so to speak um until i betrayed you and then it was like oh okay <laughs> like i understand how this can happen mm-hmm. um and being repentant of my sin, like, of course, I wanted you to forgive me, you know, like just just being on the other side of that, yeah, um, I think we've mentioned it before on another podcast that yeah. that uh, just that that part of the story, mm-hmm. how I had um s- developed uh basically an emotional affair with another man and how that was most certainly a betrayal. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until after that happened that I was able to understand how, (laughs) how easily um, you can get to that point. Of betraying your betraying <laughs> betraying your spouse's trust. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, and I think not to go too far in, into this rabbit hole, um, but I think it kind of exemplifies sort of the complexities of these types of sins. Um, just in that, it, it's hard to even put into words, honestly, because there's an element where like this has nothing to do with your spouse. It's it's that you are seeking something somewhere else, and it doesn't have to do with yourself. Yet at the same time, it does because you are actively one. betraying them. But it's not because of that, you know. The, well, and you're one, right? Yeah, yeah. So the yeah, the sin is going to affect them. Right. It just again, it's hard to put into words, and and I I can't go 100% either way, you know? Like, I understand when someone, when someone, I've heard consolation 
of the grieving spouse, um, especially in, in issues of pornography, where where the the one giving counsel says, you know, this has nothing to do with you. This is an issue that he's going through right now. Well, yes and no. Yes, you're right. He's not actively seeking to like yes, to betray it is you. His or her sin mm-hmm. that they are struggling with, but it affects both people yeah enormously yeah yeah it's it's not due to your inadequacy um yet at the same time there there's something wrong there's something that the other spouse is seeking whether that's sinful or not that they are not receiving whether that's your job to even fill it or not i'm not i'm not saying either way anyways Wait, i'm just saying I'm, it's i'm complex. confused at what we're what you're getting at I, I'm just saying it's it's a very complex um, type of sin, especially with betrayal in general. I'm saying like I I don't I don't want to like certainly I'm not victim blaming, so please don't hear that. Um, I'm saying for the person who is committing the sin, their sin is such that they are seeking something that they are not receiving from their spouse. So in that sense, it has to do with their spouse, but in another sense, they are not even attempting to seek that from their right. spouse. And so it they're is not, not at all the spouse's fault. Right. right, exactly. That's what I'm saying, is like I'm not victim blaming at all. Um, but, when, but when, again, using the example that I have heard of someone saying, oh, this has nothing to do with you, uh, it does in the sense that, yeah, like you said, it affects you, mm-hmm. and it is the the spouse's problem that they did not attempt to find this in you. Does that make sense? And and I'm I'm relating this to both of our both of our betrayals in the sense of I was going to say physical, not that in the sense of of sexual more sexual sins in my case with pornography and emotional in your case how both of those like we were not actively seeking to spite right each other when or, these things yeah, happened, or betray each other or right. even actively like looking for these things necessarily mm-hmm. um so in that sense it didn't have anything to do with the spouse but in the sense that ultimately um, that fulfillment ought to come from a marriage relationship when you are also, when that marriage relationship is, is submitted to Christ. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't want to make it sound like also your marriage is your fulfillment. No, that's not true. Um, but anyways, I, I mean, hope you I'm, should, I'm, I hope I'm making some, you sort should of sense. seek to be sexually fulfilled within your marriage. Right. With realistic expectations. Right. Insofar that you're, that you're, what you're seeking is not completely damaged by pornography. Right. And that was something that I was trying to. Which is why communication to, is also so important within yeah. sex. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what I was trying to kind of get at earlier on in the episode is like, um, I think the damage that pornography does um, all throughout our culture just sets some horrible expectations of what of what a sexual relationship even looks like within a marriage. Um, so. All right. Anyways, 
So hopefully um, we haven't thoroughly confused <laughs> anyone and yeah. have helped in some form or fashion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you want to reach out to us, mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, we have a Facebook page. Yep. Uh, so talk to me podcast. Um, and we have Twitter, which yep. is was was so underscore talk to me. No, what is yep, it? That's it. Okay, so, so underscore talk to me. Okay. Um, and we also have an Instagram. Hey, so talk to me podcast. So that's the kids are doing nowadays. <laughs> and we have an email address, uh, which is so talk to me podcast at gmail dot com. Oh, all right, there we go. Yeah, very straightforward. Pretty nice. So if, I mean, in in this too, I, I think we have tried to be somewhat vague in some areas and then pretty explicit in other areas. So sorry. Yeah. Um, but if you do, you know, have more questions, there were a lot of areas, there were a lot of ways that we could have gone with this conversation that I tried mm-hmm. to kind of rein in a little bit. Um, so but I'm sure this a, can like bring a up. two hour episode. Right. Yeah. Also so that we can kind of talk about things that, that would be applicable to a wider range of people without right. being super specific. Um, so I'm sure, you know, this might bring up some questions. So if you have any questions or if you have uh, a suggestion that, oh, hey, how does this relate to X, Y, Z? Um, we'd love to hear from you and hear, you know, what, what you'd like us to talk about. We could be, be your springboard of just kind of <laughs> ideas. So Have fun editing this episode, babe. Yay. <laughs> Here we go. Lots of Let's ums and pauses and... Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, my voice made it. It did. Yeah. It did. We made Praise it. Praise the Lord. We did. We made it. To, uh, I don't even remember what episode this is. To 73 episodes. Yeah. It's a day late, but better late than never. Yeah. Maybe. You guys probably hate us. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Any parting thoughts for the lovely listeners? Um, I am. I'm good. Well, uh, we're done. Okay. Time for bed, y'all. Seriously. I'm going to stay up and edit the podcast. But yeah. <laughs> after that, it's time for bed, y'all. <laughs> Enjoy, suckers. Good night. <laughs> Go talk to your spouse about money or other stuff. Or good morning or good afternoon. I don't know what time you're listening to this. Bye. Goodbye. We're gonna eat it right. The steak is such a treat. It is the world's best meat.